0: Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join them for today's message.
1: Have you ever gotten an unexpected invitation? I mean, you may, you may even want to think back. You may want to think back. You know, you might you might have got an invitation. At a game where you were at some sporting event and they called you down to the court to shoot a shot to win some money. I mean, we see this all the time. Matter of fact, some of us have either done this or experienced this. Or we've seen it on a movie where you get that pop invitation to to, to marry somebody. Now, what's interesting about all those invitations and the various ways they come, when it's unexpected your response is not always, you know, rehearsed. Sometimes you may think when you've seen it happen to somebody, you may know how you might respond, but you're not quite sure until you're in that situation yourself. Today I want to talk about an invitation for somebody as we are continuing in our ordinary people, extraordinary experiences. We're going to look at somebody that received an invitation that... uh, really is mind-blowing, unexpected. And we're going to look at what the proper response should be. And today's title is The Proper Response to Jesus' Invitation. The Proper Response to Jesus' Invitation. And I want you to look with me in the Gospel according to Luke chapter 19. Now, I want us to understand what is going on here. See, going back to Luke chapter 9, we see there's a shift in Jesus's ministry where he starts and it says that he set his sight on Jerusalem. And the rest of Luke's gospel is pointing out Jesus to fulfilling his mission and heading to Jerusalem to do what he came to do. And here... We find an historical account of what happened just before the triumphant entry. Before Jesus was celebrated as the promised Messiah to come to save the nation. The Messiah that had been waiting on that Sunday morning where they wave palm branches in victory. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the king that comes in the name of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. They're singing Psalm 118 and they're celebrating God's faithfulness. And they're saying, this is the Messiah. Well, just before that event, he passes through Jericho. And there's a crowd. And people are excited. There's been a stirring. He's been doing all these amazing things. And we find a gentleman named Zacchaeus who's interested in checking Jesus out. He wants to see what's the big deal. The crowd is crazy. He wants to see what's the hype about. You know, it made me think, you know, back in school when you saw a crowd you know, you, you you try to run, you try to do all that you can. What's the big deal? What is going on? He's trying to see, but he's described in some very uh, detailed ways. He is one. He's a chief tax collector, so he's not just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. That means he has tax collectors working up under him. So he is 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 in charge of uh, a few that collect taxes for the Roman government, from the Jewish people. He's a chief tax collector. He's also described as rich. So not only is he a chief tax collector, but he got mullah. He got money. He's a rich man. And then he's described as, quite frankly, short, small dude, short. And because of that, he can't see. The crowd is too big. He can't see Jesus. He's trying to get a what is all the hype? I got to see check this Jesus out. So as Jesus is passing through, the text says he runs ahead. Because he sees Jesus' path is going through the city, he runs ahead and so he can check him out, he climbs this sycamore tree. Now, this is telling you something about Jesus. Jesus' reputation precedes him. It's a lot of chatter going along. Now, remember, he's been doing ministry for roughly three to three and a half years. He's been performing miracle after miracle. He's been preaching and teaching with authority Unlike anything ever seen, not like one of the prophets. He's not even saying, thus says the Lord. He's saying, I say. There's something amazing going on with Jesus. And Zacchaeus has to check out this guy so much that a cheap tax collector and a wealthy man climbs up in a tree just to check Jesus out. I want to paint. I'm painting this picture, y'all. I want y'all to see how big a deal Jesus was. He got rich Prominent people climbing trees just to get a look at him. And what happens next, if you're reading this for the first time, is somewhat unexpected. The text says as Jesus is walking through, he looks up in the tree. And He says, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down. I got to stay at your house, man. Now, hold up, hold up. We we sitting here, there are two things going on in your head that at least go on in my head. One is like, how do you know his name? You know, did did, did, did he know him because he was chief tax collector or is it because Jesus is Lord? Now, I'm going to say Jesus knew his name because Jesus was Lord. And I'm going to explain a little later why this is so important of why Jesus, his approach is as it is. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry up, come down. There's a sense of urgency in what Jesus is doing on his way to Jerusalem for the purpose of crucifixion. His sights are set on Jerusalem, but he has business to attend to as he's going on his way for his mission in Jerusalem. And he says, I got to stay at your house. I must. It is necessary. I stay at your house. Now, we've already seen Jesus operate like this. When, he, when Nathaniel met him, he told you Nathaniel's name, and he like, hold on, hold on. Nathanael was like, how do you know me? He was like, man, I saw you. I saw you before you, I even knew you before we even met in person like this. And Nathaniel's mind was blown. Okay, this, this must be Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting on. Jesus repeatedly showing who he is. Repeatedly showing who he is. And Jesus does something. Jesus issues an invitation, but not for Zacchaeus to come to him. Jesus issues an invitation to come to Zacchaeus's house. Now I want you to think about something. Has somebody ever invited themselves to come to your house? Unexpectedly? Now I know that's happened to me before and one of the first things, you know, you come to my mind or like most of us, you'd be like, hold on man, I don't know if we're ready. I gotta make sure the house clean. You know, we gotta get stuff cleaned up. We gotta make sure you know, especially with me, I got, you know, we, we got seven kids so, you know, people live there, right? It's an unexpected invitation. Zacchaeus ain't ready for this invitation. And Jesus is inviting himself, I'm going to come stay at your house. And the language is not, I'm going to come visit. It's like, I'm I'm, I'm coming to stay. I'm I'm, going to spend the night. And we don't know how long Jesus was there, but what we are finding out is Jesus is doing something on purpose. He invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. Now, we read this, and for us, this not that big a deal. But let me tell you how big a deal this was. Remember, Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. Matter of fact, we found out in the story, too, that he is also a Jew. He is a son of Abraham. He is from, he is one of Israel. He is Jewish. He is a Jew. Now, this can be problematic when it came culturally because Jews who served as Roman tax collectors were kind of seen as what we may call today is kind of like some sellouts. You know, like some traitors. Like you, you working for them. You, you living it up working for them while we suffer. That's kind of how things are viewed. And Jesus being this promised Messiah as people think he is, he's inviting himself to come stay with this traitor? This, this, this dude who's a sellout, that's not the dude you go stay with. He's not worth it. He does not deserve it. He don't deserve Messiah to come stay with him. Others are more deserving. Jesus had taught on this before, and now we're seeing it on his way again to Jerusalem To fulfill his mission of why he came into the world as the eternal son of God, he invites himself to another tax collector's house. Not just a tax collector, the chief tax collector. And the crowd is like, hold on, dude. No, no, man. this, This does not make sense. He's a sinner. He's a sellout. He's not worthy of that type of respect. He's not worthy of that kind of attention from Messiah. And you know what we learned? Jesus did not come for the deserving. Jesus did not come for the worthy. Jesus came offering himself to undeserving people just like me and you. And the whole crowd is witnessing this. Jesus didn't go to the most holy, the most righteous, the one who knew the most scriptures. Jesus chose someone that everybody would know. This is the head tax collector. He's gotten rich off the backs of all of y'all. Zacchaeus, it's necessary I come to your house. And the whole crowd witnesses it. Jesus is making a point, y'all. The ministry of Jesus was not for the ones who have it all together. The problem with those who think they have it all together, they haven't realized that they don't have it all together and they are in need of Jesus. One major problem too many of us have is that we think we are more worthy, more valuable, or more deserving than others for Jesus' attention.
0: More from Dr. Jones in a moment, but first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org. that's D-A-R-Y-L, jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message.
1: Jesus, I want you to come to my house. Don't go to his house. He's not deserving to have you in his house. I'm doing this. You need to come to my house. And when we get that type of attitude, we have totally misunderstood Jesus himself. Jesus does not play by our rules. He has his own. And he's proven the point that he has come to the undeserving. He has come to those who are unworthy. And how do you respond to that? Like, how do you respond when Jesus said, I want to come to your house? If you got an invitation like this, man, you, like... How do you respond to that? Now, let's let's make it a little more particular to the text. When Jesus invites himself into your life, how do you respond? What's your response? Is it like, well, uh, hold on, not right now. Not not uh g- g- give me give me n- n- next year. Let me get some stuff in line. Let me let me let me get some things right real quick and then, yeah, yeah, then Jesus come on. Notice Jesus told him Hurry up, get out. I got to come to your house. Jesus has an urgency. Is your response to Jesus when he calls your name? Are you responding to his urgency? Because when Jesus calls, it's now. It's not like later. It is right now. Do you respond properly to Jesus's urgency? Jesus invites himself into his house and we find out something. Zacchaeus' response. Now, one of the things that's that's tough sometimes in the Gospels is that uh, time and, and, and space, you know, people can travel different at different times. We're not quite sure. I'm going to be honest. We're not quite sure if this response by Zacchaeus is right there in, in front of the crowd or if it's in front of people in his house. It looks like it's probably in his house, but Zacchaeus' response to Jesus and coming to his house, because one, he responds, he joyfully welcomes him. He's excited. Whatever Zacchaeus has seen, whatever he's experienced, he is excited to have Jesus come to his house. And we see as we keep reading, Jesus ended up at his house. This response was probably in Zacchaeus' house. And he tells, look at what he tells Jesus. He says, look, in verse 8. I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. Lord, you can underline that. He calls him Lord. Now we don't know quite sure if he knew fully what that was, but at least at the respect to understand that he was he was he was in charge. He was master, and he says this. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Now I want you. I don't want you to miss how important this is. One, the way that that language is constructed, it's not like a possibility. Matter of fact, for my Bible scholars, for my people watching right now, it's a first class condition. It's basically saying, since I have extorted, I will pay back. His response to Jesus was one of, I am welcoming Jesus into my life. And my response to Jesus in my life is to get things right. He's making things right. All of his wrongs, he's going to make them right. There is a shift. There is a change that happens in Zacchaeus. This is how we respond to Jesus. There is a shift and a change and a transformation. Now, once we have welcomed Jesus into our lives, there is a shift in how we respond. There's a shift in how we have walked in our wrongs that we will no longer do. He was an extorter. He defrauded people. His riches came at the expense of, Others. Now we use these big words as extorter and defrauder and all that. He was a thief. He took more than what he was supposed to legally. He took more. God God didn't have a problem with taxes. We see Jesus. Jesus says, Render to Caesar what Caesar's, pay your taxes what he says, you don't steal though. And being in the presence of Jesus, welcoming Jesus, brought about a conviction of wrong and of sin. And he used what we like to call this, this biblical word and this theological word. There was a repenting that happened. He turned from his wickedness and his sin. And he says, I'm going to make it right. But not just make it right. He's going to go above and beyond. He says, I'm going to give a half. Now, if you notice, a little bit before this, you find out is Jesus basically painted the picture. It's hard for a rich man to get into heaven. Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus. He says, I'm going to get half, everything I got. I'm going to get half of it to the poor. I'm giving it. And whatever I stole, whatever I extorted, from anyone, anything, I'm going to pay back four times. Why I say this is such a big deal? This goes above and beyond. According to the law. Remember, he's a Jew. According to the law in Leviticus 6, 1 through 5, if you defrauded somebody, you were supposed to pay back what you took Plus one-fifth. Now, if you're a mathematician, I want you to just do the math. What you took plus one-fifth. He says, no, I'm not going to give what I took plus one-fifth. I'm going to multiply four times. I'm going to give it back. There was a huge transformation that happened in Zacchaeus' life as he recognized and welcomed Jesus into his life. Zacchaeus repents. And Jesus celebrates. Jesus says these famed words. Today, salvation has come to this house. Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. When you think about purpose, when you think about purpose and mission, Jesus clearly states why he came into the world. Jesus' mission Seek and save the lost. Jesus' mission. Seek and save the lost. There's been a whole lot of scholarship. People like to talk about what did Jesus come to do. Jesus came here to be a good example. Well, that's, that's, that's secondary. That's tertiary, really. You know, Jesus came here to be a good teacher. Jesus came here to show us how to love. Yeah, those all kind of fit in, in a secondary fashion, and I don't want to minimize that. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. reason he was able to save the lost is because he walked in a sinless manner. Jesus is without sin. That is what the Bible says. That is a self-confession from him. That is what the apostles say. Jesus was without sin. So, yes, he was a good example, but he was only a good example so that he could be the perfect sacrifice. He came to seek us out and to save us from our sins. That is Jesus' mission. And that is why he used that strong language when he saw Zacchaeus in that tree. He says... It is necessary that I stay at your house. This is part of my mission. I have come to save the undeserving, the unworthy, the lost. And he's, what did he say? He said, he too is a son of Abraham. He's reminded, he's like, look, look, yeah, he here's a chief tax collector. He's, a, he, he's lumped in the category with sin, sinners. He's a thief. He's defrauding and extorting people. He, he's a lost sheep of Israel. I've come to save him. Jesus made himself available to the one who was lost. And you may be thinking like, hold on, this is painting this picture like, you know, he got saved because he gave stuff back. No, his response, his repentance was a response to Faith in Christ. We see this all throughout the Gospels. We see this in the apostolic preaching of the apostles throughout the New Testament that there is repentance and faith. They are two sides of the same coin. Don't get this twisted. Don't don't, don't miss the importance with this. True faith brings repentance. That's why in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, it says this, verses 14 and 15, Jesus' earliest preaching was repent. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is near. Believe in the gospel. He called for repentance and faith. Repentance and faith is part of the same coin because to place faith in Jesus is to turn to him and you're turning away from your sin. He said, today salvation has come to this house. One who was lost is found. The Son of Man came to do just this, to seek and to save. And don't miss the strong language. Son of Man, that's referring back in Daniel's prophecies. Daniel's vision of the Son of Man approaching the ancient of days, giving all power and authority. The Son of Man was seen to be the Lord himself, representing the people of God himself. Jesus says that, this is me. I've come to seek and save the lost. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. See, Jesus had set his sight on Jerusalem because he knew he was going to the cross to pay for the sins of the world. He knew the agonizing death that he was going to take on. But he was doing it in love for the undeserving. He was doing it because because of our sin. All of us, we deserve just and righteous punishment for our sin. But we have forgiveness of our sin based fully and solely on the work of Jesus Christ in his crucifixion. And the reason we know it is because of the resurrection. Our sins are forgiven, we are saved. Because of the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ. For sinners, the unworthy, thieves, undeserving people like me and you. Zacchaeus wasn't worthy to have Jesus in his home to be hosting Jesus. He was a thief. He made himself wealthy off the backs of others and they suffered. Jesus said, it's necessary I come to your house. I gotta come. Jesus is calling you. And today is the day salvation can come to your house right now. All you have to do is say yes. And I'm not talking about just with your lips, I'm saying with your heart, with your mind. Fully acceptance of Jesus. Welcome him joyfully, just as Zacchaeus did. Yes. And we're going to celebrate with our God in heaven. We're going to celebrate with the angels. We're going to celebrate with you as another brother, sister in Christ coming to know the joy of the Lord and forgiveness of sin. This is why we celebrate. This is the proper response to Jesus' invitation. Yes, repentance and faith. I trust you, Lord, and I belong to you. I give you everything I have.
0: Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air. And we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.